Kirk Samuels and I had known each other on Facebook for a really long time before we actually met in person at the Radical Love Summit. We bumped into each other and we immediately knew that we had to sit down and have today's conversation. Kirk is a men's coach who believes that shame and guilt associated with porn consumption is the biggest thing that prevents people from being their authentic selves. His mission is to create a world of intimacy and and unconditional connection by teaching and inspiring one million men how to live free from internet pornography. If Kirk's message resonates with you today after you listen to the entire episode, please connect with him at freeindeed36.com. Now, I'll be 100% honest and transparent. I personally have not dealt with uh, porn addiction in my life, but I do know that there are a lot of men and some women out there that do. And that's why I chose to seek out a man just like Kirk who had a personal experience um, with facing his addiction, and rising up from rock bottom. So today's episode is very personal for me because of the fact that I've been a part of a community um, on Facebook where a lot of men gather and communicate and connect. And they do oftentimes talk about this challenge that they have with viewing too much, being distracted by what's on the screen in front of them, and simply just not having the best connection with their intimacy in friendships, coworkers, and their partners. So hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's one of my favorites to date. Before we get into that, I'd like to give a shout out to Nick Mancini. He absolutely just stepped up to the plate when I uh, connected him with somebody who reached out. If you're having a challenge or a struggle or really simply just want to live your best life ever, and most authentic life, period, please reach out to Nick Mancini at Lift Colorado Counseling because he is the man, the person, the friend of mine that I connect so many listeners to when they reach out and ask for help. Without further delay, let's get into today's episode. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. My name is Dave Glazer online personal trainer and obsessed with the Enneagram personality assessment. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I came across some really inauthentic people when dating in Denver. And instead of getting frustrated, I decided to create a community of authentic people myself. Come along with me on this path to authenticity as we welcome expert guests and real life daters to share their tools, tips, and knowledge to help you show up as your most authentic self. Welcome back to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Kirk Samuels here with me. How are you today, brother? I'm fantastic, man. This is uh, what I call a BDE, man. This is the best day ever. Best day ever? Absolutely. Not just because of the podcast. What else you got going on today? Well, I'll tell you what, man. I call it the best day ever because I, I like to say that I'm a day farther from where I used to be and I'm a day closer to where I'm going to be. All right. Um, but besides that, I got to be here with DG, the man himself, man. I got to be here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what else could I need, man? I mean, I'm looking out the window. I got the mountains. I mean, it's sunny outside. I mean, it's a good day, man. You know, by the end of our conversation, you you may have just spoke too soon about the DG, the man, the myth, the, Uh-oh. the Uh-oh. legend. Oh, well, yeah. You know, we'll see. Or, or either way, or I'll, I'll lower the bar for myself, either one of the two. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm optimistic, man. Man, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm, I'm believing. 
Well, good. Good. You're from Denver. Thank you so very much for uh, spending the time with me in person. Yeah. It's so much more authentic of a conversation mm-hmm. when we do in-person conversations and record it for the podcast. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But first of all, let's, let's get into what it is, how, and why it is that you got into this uh, lane that you drive in. And you you drive about 90 miles an hour. Yeah, man. Sometimes, yeah, I, I need to check myself sometimes, man. It's like, dude, you need to relax. Um, I'm the same way. Yeah, man. I just, I, I, I go, man. You know, it's, it's something magical when you find purpose. When you find purpose, you discover passion. And, and, and it just drives you, man. It's one of those things, especially I think is from a guy perspective. Um, if we're not living our purpose, we don't fully understand passion. Yeah, we're like zombies and we're just kind of walking through life. We, yeah. we might even be just be crawling like a snail yeah. through life if we don't have purpose. We're alive, but we're not living. Amen to that. You know, and then, and then because we're alive, but not living, we're not offering the world the fullest extent, the fullest expression of who we are and who we can be, man. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, matter of fact, I even wrote this a little segment on this in my book that I think, um, you know, even genetically speaking, we're males because we have a Y chromosome. We have an X and we have a Y. So Y is in our DNA. And if we don't have a Y, meaning a purpose, then we're not living our full maleness, our full masculinity, like why we are who we are, man. And so it's, it's buried in our, in our genetics, man, in our, in our 23 you know, the, the why, the question of, of, uh, of our existence, man. And so there's power in that. And so anyhow, all that to say that, yeah, man, I, you know, I tend to get excited about, about life these days because of purpose, man. I mean, everybody has something they can complain about, but, you know, but when you, when you live in such a way that you can go 90 miles an hour towards something that you were created for, it's fantastic, man. So I think I completely just bypassed your question. That's all right. I actually, <laughs> actually, I just hijacked it. Man. I'm taking it where I want to go. <laughs> we're very fluid. We're very yeah. dynamic on yeah. the podcast. But while you were talking, it got me thinking of a good question that I hadn't thought of before. Is like, what gets men stuck? Yeah. I think we get stuck when we're not being who or what we were designed or created to be. And I'm not even talking about on a religion level. I'm talking about just... The core of who we are, like each and every one of us has something powerful inside of us. And if we're not plugged in such that we're delivering that power to the power grid, then we're just, then we're stuck, man. Then, then we find ways to, to medicate. Mm-hmm. We find ways to just, I need something to fill my life. Whether, I mean, in, in, in a lot of cases, it's something artificial. It's something that dumbs us down. You know, everything we're looking for is not coming to us on the couch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, eating flaming hot Cheetos and watching reality TV. You know, that's a recipe for moving backwards, right. not forwards, Absolutely. every single day. Yeah. That you choose that over over your purpose or over your passion. Yeah, and we get dumber. <laughs> I mean, in dumber every way. physically, dumber Absolutely. mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Absolutely. We get dumber if we just hit cruise control. Right, and and we just exist, and yeah. we're, we're not. I mean, the odds of us being alive are so remote that to just be here and to exist, I mean, that's a waste of the fact that you beat 10 million sperm that day. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) you went through all of that to get to the egg and to penetrate the egg and to bust it open. And then you just live a life on a couch. Uh huh. That's very, that's very conscious thought of you. Yeah. Like 
we are uniquely designed to exist. Mm-hmm. That's a big concept that I don't think a lot of men even have uh, contemplated or uh, processed yet. Right. We're a winner before we were even an embryo. Like, seriously, I mean, when you were a sperm, I mean, Michael Phelps had to beat seven other swimmers to get a gold medal. You had to beat 10 million other sperm. And that was just on one day. That was so just like, that day. All the, all the or other night time. Or whatever, you know, I ain't in the, in the cockpit <laughs> of an airplane or the bathroom of an airplane, whatever it is, however y'all roll, talk to your parents. We have never talked about the Mile High Club on that podcast before. <laughs> hey, but man, it was a first. <laughs> so not only on that day did you beat out that number of competitors, right. but every day leading up until that point when there was no conception right. preventing you from existing, that's a... Yeah, that's kind of a mind um, blown yeah. kind of a concept right there. Yeah, even back when you were just potential, you were still something. Like you were still destined for greatness. Even back when you were potential, like you weren't even a thing yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, even back then, it's like you know, before I before I was anything, I was something, and I was like I said, if nothing else, I was potential. And so, so yeah, man. I mean, you know. To, to think of life on that level and and to me what's what's so dope is that you're not even there yet like I'm not even there yet wherever there is and there is a, really there is no destination the journey is the destination but the point is you know as dope as you're gonna be one day you're not even there yet right I mean you still on the rise you still you still on the climb out of the airport right I mean and so <laughs> yeah, and say, so. you know same thing yeah. with me you know like one day we're going to look back and be like, man, remember that time me and we were sitting in your place and we were doing a podcast? That was yeah. the beginning right. of the rest of my life. While we on our jet, you yeah. know, while we on our, our <laughs> G, whatever it is by then, you know, flying over to wherever we going, you know, play golf in Scotland or something like that. Like, dude, remember when we was, you know, like we ain't even there yet. And yeah. so right now we are potential for the future. But to live as men, like everything is right now and this is all that there is and like I'm not aspiring for any more. Man, that's a waste, man. I mean, that's that is an absolute waste. How many of them? How about that second place sperm that night? You know, what is? I mean, what could he have done? Not as much as we can. Exactly. So when you were the sperm beating out all the other sperm, did you know that you were going to work with men professionally? No. When, no. What was the turning point in your life when you're like, "Aha! I get it. Yeah. I just found my purpose." You know. Sometimes your greatest purpose can come out of your greatest pain. Amen. And I almost think your greatest pain qualifies you for your greatest purpose because you know that pain well and you know it from the inside out, not from a textbook. It ain't what you what you learned it's what you've been through, like what you know. And so, you know, a lot of times, again, we can run from that thing that that has caused us pain in our life. But I think anyway the guy, I, I would prefer someone or to, to, um, to interact or receive from someone that has been through whatever it is that I'm going through. So, you know, for 30 of the first 40 years of my life, man, I was addicted to porn, like, and sex. I mean, I mean, just off the chain, it controlled everything. And oh, by the way, it ruined everything. And this is my life, right? I'm not projecting on anybody else. I'm telling my story. So from the time I was nine to the time I was 39, I was medicating some childhood wounds through pornography and it cost me everything like I never had a successful relationship like I was never able to connect Um, I lost a career as a military officer Um, I um, I you know ended up with two ex-wives as a result 
Um, and at my rock bottom, I found myself sleeping in the back of my car in, in, in Parker, sleeping in the back of my car and beginning to carry out the plan for my suicide. I mean, you know, I had a 40 caliber hollow point three and a half inches away from my temple, you know, and I was like to that, that was my rock bottom experience. And, and then, you know, that night, that moment, <clears throat> everything broke, like everything broke within me completely. Sometimes though, the end of your rope is the beginning of your fuse. And I found myself at the end of my rope only to discover in hindsight that it was the beginning to my fuse. I mean, in terms of lighting that bad boy and blowing this thing up. And I discovered through my pain and, and through that process, a way out. And, and then I realized, I kind of asked myself that question. I wonder if anyone else would need this information. I wonder if anyone else could use this. I wonder if this could benefit the world in any kind of way. Come to find out, you know, there's 40 million Americans at any one time that, that, that need that. And, and so everything I do is not, it's not from a morality perspective. It's from a, it's from a, a freedom and a state perspective because I know what my life was like. And it was absolutely not fulfilling because I was medicating. I was dumbing down the experience of life, the, even in the pain to, uh, you know, to, to survive one more day. And then now to, to know what it's like to walk in here and just sit down and be like, today is dope, dude. You know what I mean? Just I, like for no particular reason. Matter of fact, I got a whole lot of reasons I can list why it's not a great day, but to just sit down and be like, man, this is freaking awesome, man. And that's cause you know, freedom is ridiculous, man. Freedom is the best drug ever. Um, so yeah, so it was through my pain, man, that I actually discovered my purpose and my purpose has led to passion. Um, and then, uh, you know, and, and then, and, and then that just kind of opens me up to, to everything I am and everything I do. And, and that opens doors that creates time on your calendar. You know, that creates opportunities, you know, the world, you know, the, the world gets aroused by a man with passion. And the world gets wet and receptive for that. Oh, I'm going down. Oh, dude, you don't even want me to. I'm telling you, man. The world is like penetrate me, man. You know, and and so when we when we open that up, man, that that's when that's when things change, man. That's when the world is like, yeah, I want some of that. You know. So from nine until thirty nine, you were medicating and you were hiding mm -hmm. behind the mask, mm -hmm. at least. Um, so you, you were hiding your porn addiction from your two marriages mm -hmm. and everyone else. Mm -hmm. So when you started to peel away the layers of the onion, what did you find? Oh, man. And yeah, that's, you know, I, I, I look at it that way in terms of it is an onion and, and my life was an onion. And the more I peeled back those layers, the more I found tears, you know, the more I found like, wow, man, I really had to rectify. I really had to confront my jacked up childhood, the abuses that I had and and all the things that 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 wounded me, my wounds, you know, and. I think in my experience, but my experience working with other guys too, is that, you know, most of us have a wounded boy inside of us in some kind of a way. And quite often, unfortunately, that wounded boy is the one that's driving the ship. <laughs> um, and that, that, that the man that we are is trying to protect that wounded boy in some kind of way. And so once I actually, you know, um, once I actually kind of got free and once I began to look beneath the surface, peel back the layers, if you will, I realized that, man, there's some stuff that I need to deal with on the inside. I need some heart work. You know, I need some man work. I need some masculinity work. I need an identity. You know, I've been a, a man, a husband, a father, and I didn't know what any one of those are. 
you know, because the world, my life never prepared me for any of that kind of stuff. And so out of my deficiency, I had, you know, just a lot of inadequacies in my soul and a lot of questions of, man, who am I? What am I? You know, I mean, and, and I mean, that's a foundational question. If you can't answer who you are, man, if you can't answer who you are, then what you are will always be an enigma. We are always, as men, answering that question of who you are, mm-hmm. who are you, with a career. Yes. Or with our job. And yes. that's our identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, going backwards from that, we're not taught those things that you talked about. Mm-hmm. The real identity. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Father. Husband. Mm-hmm. We're not taught those things in our American culture mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do we do about it? Man, I'll tell you what. Let me. I'll go even a step further than that. And this is something that now I'm actually going down this road as well. Um, In our Americanized Western culture, whatever it is, most of us don't even know the day we became a man. I mean, in some more tribal cultures, there is a day where you became a man. A a ritual of sorts. Right. A a rite of passage or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, if you think about it and, and if you ask around, most guys can't tell you like the day I became a man. We were a young man and, you know life and everything tells us we'll be an old man but when did I become and when will I end being just a man and so the identity of just being a man can be a big question mark um and I mean that's I I think that's huge in our culture just in terms of um in terms of us being a man if nobody tells you that you're a man then maybe you're a 40 year old boy because nobody ever told you you were a man, mm-hmm. right? And so culturally speaking, maybe there's some work for us to do in the next generation. I mean, not only healing ourselves in that, in identity and I am a man and what that means, but even the next generation as well, man. And so that right now is one of the things that's really, really heavy on my, on my, on my heart. Just like I said, as I, as, I, as I begin to help other guys unpack all that kind of stuff, Um, And most of the guys I work with by far, um, you know, kind of struggle with uh, with pornography consumption in their life. Um, When it comes down to it, it really normally peels normally back to the same source of 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 identity, of identity. If I'm a king, I act like a king. I mean, if I'm a warrior, I act like a warrior, like I, I do the things that my identity dictates. Right. There's some things that that, you know, the that 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 royalty does that a royalty does or doesn't do that, that a peasant would do and not do because of just who they are. Yeah. And so when we understand that, that I'm a warrior, so my job is to fight. So if life is a struggle, well, yeah, that's my purpose. That's my employment. My employment is to the world and to life. And so, so I think, you know, a lot of times I see it just boiling down to that identity piece. And once we get that identity piece on top of, you know, rewiring habits and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that, that's the, that's the dam that breaks open in, in guys' lives. It's just like, man, I never knew life could feel like this, man. And then you can have relationship and then you can have intimacy. And that right there, man, I mean, that, dude, it kind of gives, it kind of gives fuel to the passion and the purpose, doesn't it? When we can Mm. connect in reality with another person. Yes. Man, when you can be present and when you can connect with somebody I mean, in whatever capacity, right? But especially in the context of relationship, like, a, you know, the, whatever closest relationship you have romantically or something like that, man, when you can actually sit with somebody and share your heart 
you know, when you can realize that, that that first relationship is inside of you between your head and your heart and all that happens in you into into in, into and, and then I let somebody else see that. Yeah. And then it's into me. See. Right. Yeah. But when 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 you can experience that for the first time, you're like, damn, I mean, this is it right here. man. Like, what else do I need? It's almost like it's almost like whatever spirituality you uh resonate with most is present within the room yes and it's it's a magical spark mm-hmm. that fuels even more passion and, and purpose and it's literally like a a snowball effect where it just gets momentum and then it continues to go and gather more snow and more mm-hmm. snow and more snow and it becomes bigger until the point it's unstoppable yeah so why are why are boys and men taught that emotions are a bad thing mm. um I think it's because we really don't, for one, uh, emotions and, and those sorts of things can easily get out of hand and easily get out of control. And they can, most of us have been hurt or wounded. And this is a lot of things that, this is one of the things that, that a lot of women don't understand. Most women by far, and I've asked so many women this question and it, it normally, I have met very few that it didn't apply to, but most women have been hurt or wounded or abused by a man, right? And so most women have a man wound. In some kind of a way. But what they don't realize is a lot of men have a man wound. A lot of us have been hurt, wounded, abused by a man. <clears throat> and so, you know, that, that, if, that, if the baseline for masculinity is a wound or abuse, then we tend to be afraid of that. Then we tend to, you know, want to dim that light. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to actually lift that up or amplify that. So we want to dull that. Like, uh-huh. man, you got to turn that masculinity thing down, man, because that's dangerous because I've been hurt by that. Mm-hmm. When, And that's why I have a problem with the term toxic masculinity. To me, that's an oxymoron. If it's toxic, it's not masculinity. Very, very, very well said, yeah. And, but, you know, when we do masculinity well, it is everything that, that it, I mean, it's the solution. It's not the problem. When we have masculinity done well, then we have... A, a body of, of righteous warriors walking around doing good. It's more of a like a leadership yes. uh, viewpoint, or it's viewed as leadership versus masculinity. Because right. when a man has uh, appropriate masculinity, it doesn't exude like power and control and mm-hmm. absolute strength. It, it exudes as leadership. Yes. It's safety. It's, it's provision. It's protection. It's healthy and 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 joyous penetration, reliability. It's all of those yeah. things, man. It's 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 some place where you want to be. It's like when there's a storm outside, you want to be under some shelter, and it, it it's it's a form of shelter when it's done right. When it's done wrong, it's it's it is abuse and it's painful and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, in terms of in terms of what that looks like in our culture, I think we're afraid of that because a lot of us <clears throat> have been wounded by that. And, and that's because it's been done incorrectly. Generationally. Right. Yeah. A lot of men, you know, I would say more than 50.1%, so most, um, have been raised by women. Because a lot of our, our you know, our, our fathers or grandfathers were absent. <clears throat> and so they might have been absent from the home. Nowadays, you have a lot of men that are absent in the home. Yeah. Yeah. They're ghosts, right? right. They're zombies. And what I've seen from, say, like my man wound or me covering up and hiding from steering into masculinity mm-hmm. is a really bad habit of passivity. Oh, man. Oh, man. And it's, it's not conscious. Yeah. 
But once I became mm. conscious of who I was mm. as a man, say like around 36, I wasn't actually going to stand for my own passivity. Ooh, boy. Oh, man. You about to. Oh. You let's, let's open it up, <laughs> oh, man. man. Let's, let's just. A man can't. Tr- he, a man can't penetrate if he's limp. He can't penetrate the world. He can't penetrate his life. He can't penetrate his purpose. He can't penetrate his partner. He can't penetrate a career. He can't penetrate anything if he's limp. He can't be any, he can't be a structure. He can't be the skeleton. He can't be the frame in the picture if he's limp. And so for us to just be passive and just be limp, man, we're useless. We're on the bench. We're riding a DL. I mean, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, we're, we're, we're getting a check and we didn't even play the game. I love sports analogies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Across the board. I mean, it's all, it's like, man, you know, what, you know, I mean, how much good can we do if, if we're just on the bench, man? I mean, if we're just on the bench of life, you know, and that's just, ah, oh, man, that's, that just makes you want to, you know, that's like drinking a, a warm, you know, warm carbonated water. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not sweet on the tongue. It's definitely dry and bland right. and unexciting. And what I've chosen to do, let's say since uh, the two breakups that I went through in 2017, mm-hmm. I've made a choice to not let that pattern repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, giving up or becoming passive in a relationship that lasted far too long. Mm-hmm. And then a short-term relationship that... I didn't feel as if I was passive, but I was perceived as passive. Mm-hmm. And that had a whole lot more to do with narcissism mm-hmm. on the other side than it did with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. my lack of passivity. Right, right. So where I dove deep into is like the question of like, what did, what did I do there? And then I started seeing a counselor and I told the story and she's like, well, that wasn't really that much of you, mm-hmm. but here's what we're going to do to reach your goals. Because mm-hmm. my goal was to become a better man. Mm-hmm. And one of those key pieces of the puzzle that I needed to become a better man was to surround myself with better men. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yes, the podcast uh, began over a year ago, and I did invite men to come be guests on the podcast, mm-hmm. but it didn't really click for me until maybe I started joining men's groups mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we could be safe, mm-hmm. secure, and if we are acting passive, then we get called out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that's a big part of the world that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Like I know you have B men, B me, B men, B men. That's mm-hmm. right. And then the great debate mm-hmm. as well, um, or that you've been a part of. But but what do men need to do on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis to exude healthy behavior? Your points, not exude. I'm sorry to actually behave. Right correctly yeah and, and yeah. hopefully and I totally get that man and and I I totally espouse to being around other men in good and positive and healthy ways it takes a man to make a man <clears throat> it just does that's iron sharpening iron that's yeah. being forged <clears throat> and if you want to be if you want to grow in your areas of masculinity and just whatever that looks like you know whatever that looks like however that displays then being around other guys and doing work like good work with other guys <clears throat> that won't sit back and won't let you be less than you were created to be. I can look at you, man, and I can say, wait a minute, man, you know, okay, you know, I, I love you too much to, to let you be, to leave you the way you are. And I, and my, oh, by the way, and I expect that from you as well. Yeah. And to work, you know, to, to live like that. And, you know, we can't do this thing alone, man. I mean, we can't do this thing alone. Navy SEALs don't go into battle alone. You know, I mean, we, 
they live in the tightest community kind of thing because my life is dependent on you and your life is dependent on me in some kind of way. If nothing else, in terms of getting better, in terms of growth, in terms of being sharp and challenging each other and all that kind of stuff, even if we spar, even if we grapple, you know, see, here we go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't agree with you. Here's my viewpoint. Let's talk it out like right. in a healthy way, yeah. in a safe place mm-hmm. as men. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even like being a whole lot, being around a whole lot of people that I agree with. Like I think that's not going to do us any good. <laughs> doesn't it serve me well to be around people that think the way I think. Yeah. I'm a black man living in Douglas County, Colorado. <laughs> you're not around a lot of Dude, people that you're like. <laughs> black man living in Douglas County, Colorado, man. There ain't a lot of chocolate chips in that cookie. I'm just letting you know, man, for real. Like, this is <laughs> – and I'm from D.C., right? So I guarantee you – you know. I, and here's the joke I always say. I, I say <laughs> – you got another one? I got another oh, I'm one. Already laughing. If you if you go to if you go to Parker, Colorado, and somebody says they have a good friend that's black, there's a seventy seven percent seventy seven percent chance it's me. I want to know if you uh, know the other <laughs> the, the other two. Yeah. Vercel Wells, do you know V? Uh, I heard a, the name. He's a personal trainer and a strength coach down there. Um, one of my greatest strengths is a connector. Mm-hmm. So uh, because you guys are in proximity, yeah. but you're also like, and he's growth minded. Oh yeah, I have to connect oh, you no, with. Oh that's a done deal. So. Done deal. That's a mic drop right there. Yeah, that's a done deal. I but, can't. I can't believe. It. I mean, like, I mean, I'm sure we've seen each other because we all. <laughs> every time we do, we hey, he's probably six 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 oh, yeah. seven oh, two eighty. Sure. Yeah, you can't miss him. Well, there's several Broncos that live down there too, so you okay. know. But yeah. Um, Anyways, but the point being, of being <laughs> I don't like being around people that are exactly like me because yeah. for me that that doesn't help me grow. I prefer to be around people that think different, people that challenge. I don't need to agree with everybody, and I don't want everybody to agree with me. I want to say some stuff that people don't agree with, you know, and as long as we're not, you know, as long as we're okay with disagreeing, as long as we're okay with, you know, with with going on the same journey but not being at, you know, at the same exact footprint, same exact step, then we're cool. Yeah. I like that uh, philosophy when you're in a group of men who don't agree with you. I like bringing that idea into a one-on-one relationship as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we have to agree all the time? Mm-mm. As long as we're respectful in the way mm-hmm. that we talk to each other, mm-hmm. we can totally disagree. Oh, yeah. And as, as I've been going on this discovery mm-hmm. of what it takes to build a healthy, ideal relationship that's fluid and dynamic is mm-hmm. that... Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, bringing that relationship, disagreeing collectively. Ah, shit. When you're in the one-on-one and you have disagreement, to me, that's areas for growth individually and collectively, because you're able to be you're able to be separate but still be together, and you're able to. I mean, friction is how you move. Like, there's no movement without friction. Yep. In any kind of way. And so, to me, to me, that's how we grab onto it. You can't climb a, a smooth stone. You know, there's the two guys that climbed El Capitan and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and, uh, and there's a documentary, I think, on Netflix or something like that. But the, whole, the, the most challenging parts of the climb were where there was nothing to grab onto. When you have that disagreement, when you, when you have, I mean, in healthy ways especially, <clears throat> but when you have... You know, when you have those things, those those fissions or those those cracks and those crevices and, and all that kind of stuff in the context of a one on one relationship as well as collectively. But you're able to grab on some stuff. You're able to move and you're able to hold on and you're able to actually 
have something to get some footing on. But I think it's an area of growth, man. I think it's a, I think it's an opportunity for growth anyway. Otherwise, you're going to stay stagnant and you're going to be um, coming up, up on boredom and right. frustration. And what I was going to say earlier is that when a conflict or when a disagreement arises mm-hmm. and my bad habit would arise, that's where I would see the passivity. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, oh, well, I simply just want to agree to smooth it over. Mm-hmm. And generation, generationally speaking, I saw that growing up as where like um, my father just quit fighting with my mom. Yes. So that she would win all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as soon as I heard him explain that out loud, I'm like, there's something in my gut and my intuition that tells me that that's not necessarily the right way to mm-hmm, behave. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I can't judge my folks because they're still together after 46 years. They've mm-hmm. got to have something figured out. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not passivity mm-hmm. from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with, with women quite often um, where, you know, Women will commonly say that that they they push men or they 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 almost poke men to gain to get some kind of reaction to get some kind of correction to get some kind of growth and to get all those kinds of in other words they look for that from us. Yes, yeah. is it they called a shit that. test? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> commonly it is. Commonly it is. Yeah, I mean with most common folk. Yeah. Right. But it's like you know sometimes they will push, they will tempt, tease, test, trap, all those kinds of things, just to just to almost um, reaffirm the man's presence in their life, you know, where they, you know, they represent the cloud, you know, we represent the mountain, Mm -hmm. right? And so the cloud will, will approach the mountain of, are you going to move or am I going to have to go around you? And for them, that's some level of structure, but it's also, and again, here looking at, I'm just happening to be looking out the window at the mountains, you know, the mountains help form weather patterns. You know, if you live here in, in Colorado and Denver, you know, you watch on the news quite often where they'll say, you know, yeah, this system is going to, you know, it's coming from the West and it'll hit the mountains and then whatever, whatever. Point being, when we can, as men, be that structure, be that 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 mountain, that solid thing, it gives them something to form around. It gives them something to shape. It gives them some structure to, to, to feel some level of security. Like, I had this conversation with my son, as a matter of fact, about about females. <laughs> and uh, I was like, dude, I said, you can't believe you can't go by what they say. Like I said, you know, this thing with him and his girlfriend or whatever. And I was like, dude, she'll say something that just represents how she's feeling at that moment. But it's not a man thing where if I say it, I mean it. And my word is my bond kind of thing. doesn't apply to women. Their word is not their bond. Their feeling is their bond. Okay. Uh, so do you need to trust their actions more than their words? Uh, well, is that what we're talking about? I think it's their presence, their, their presence and their connection more than their bond. Like, they might say whatever, whatever, but they're still sitting right there, you know, and they're still sitting right there and they're still trying, you know, but at some point, and I've seen this over and over again with guys in general, at some point when she gets up and walks away, it's a done deal. Like, women will be pregnant with something and it'll grow, things grow inside of women, but there's a point, there's a day when it's too much and they'll give birth to that thing and it's gone and it's out of them. Mm -hmm. And by the time they move on, it's too late. But you can't go by, you can't go by what they say. Maybe, I mean, probably more by what they do, but most by their presence and, and, and by their presence in, in the moment, by their presence in the connection and by their presence in, even in the relationship. And I've been, you know, I've had my, 45 years before I had my heart broken for the first time. I mean, I've experienced that. You talked about the whole passivity thing. Yeah. I got to the point where 
I, I thought it was safe. And so I, I thought it was very safe to bring up my wounded boy. And so for the first time in my life, I opened up all of that. I opened up that closet and, and I put that wounded boy out there. The problem is where I didn't show up well, and here's into the passivity part of it, where I didn't show up well is I gave her that wounded boy. And I presented more as a wounded boy than I did a healing uh, I see man. What you're saying. Yeah. And so I, that was my passivity of here's my wounded. Now that I've shared it with you, you know, what are you gonna do right. with it? And then and make sure you I take guess, care of it yeah, and make yeah, sure yeah. you know. And yeah. I'm like, and, and yeah, and so that's my part of it. But there, but then on the other side, there's also there were some issues on the other sure. side of that as well. Sure. <laughs> so let's go back to the tests. Um, we might see these tests, quote unquote. Um, that arise in a relationship, whether it's in the early stages or in the late stages, we might see the, these tests as, um, as like what? Um, maybe something that they say or like, oh, I'm going to go out with my girls on Friday night just to test you to see what you say in X, Y, and Z. Yeah, quite often. I, I, I've, I have seen that and I've heard of it and I've seen it displayed um, along the lines of, Testing who you say you are. If you say you're this kind of guy, yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, let me let me see if you're that kind of guy. You know, kind of ask, do you get road rage or you know they'll ask, you know, do you get upset a lot? You know, and if you say no, I'm normally pretty good at you know keeping my emotions. Yeah, and then you know then they'll test that in some kind of way or or, or in that context of um, of where I see those tests come in is just in them testing who we are or who at least who we say we are who we portray ourselves to be and unfortunately here's where it's unfortunate on their side a lot of them you know they'll see all those they'll see the red flags and they'll still stick with that guy yeah and they expect him to change or they can they can fix him at some point but you know but but if you are that stand-up guy then you can expect your stand-upness to be tested and that's just the way it is again i use the metaphor of my son mountain in the cloud yeah and if we if we bend to that will, if we we're gonna fail that test, mm-hmm. if we stay in that passive um, behavior, mm-hmm. and eventually they will no longer feel secure, <clears throat> they'll no longer feel like we are reliable. Mm-hmm. And then the tests will continue to keep coming and mm-hmm. coming and coming and coming. And what we don't understand is that when we stand firm like the mountain and we are immovable mm-hmm. on who we are as mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. it actually bodes well. It actually creates a better relationship yeah. than if we are that passive man. Right. I, I, I don't believe a woman can respect a passive man. I, I just don't believe the two of those go hand in hand. But now if we're willing to say, you know what, this is who I am and I'm this, if you like it or not. And oh, by the way, I, you know, this is just what I'm about and, and speaking to her and I don't need you to be this. I mean, if we can stand firm in that, in terms of this is who I am, like, I'm just living like, I mean, this is, this is, these are ABCs of me, baby. I mean, and you know, and, and their safety in this and all that kind of stuff. But this is just kind of who I am, especially if it's something that's good and righteous and something that's positive and that, that sort of stuff. Then they're able to respect that. They're able to trust that. Um, you know, quite often there's this, you know, if you go to some weddings, uh, especially more traditional weddings, um, <clears throat> you know, you'll, you'll hear the word submission kind of thrown around. And a lot of times 
uh, we think that there's just a general <clears throat> negative opinion from women about submitting to a man. I've, I've, I've run this by several women too, but <clears throat> women have a lot easier time submitting to a man that submits to something greater than himself. A purpose, a calling, something, and I don't mean something negative like an addiction or something like that. I mean something that is, that is you know, something that is admirable. Like if he if he's submitting to a heart to making the world better to a cause or to something like that, then then they feel more comfortable with that because they know that it doesn't stop with him, mm-hmm. that his life doesn't stop with him. And so, but you can't be that kind of guy and be passive. That's right. So again, the two go hand in hand in terms of respect and 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 the way she looks at him and all that kind of stuff. But if you're able to be to be firm in your identity and to be secure in your identity, which you know again. That, a lot of us are not secure in our identity, but if you're able to get to the point where you are secure in your identity and you're able to just give her that and give her the option for that to be okay with her or not, then she's like, okay, cool. I can roll with that. Mm-hmm. And if she's not the one, then bye Felicia. Yep. You know I mean? There's 7 billion people on this earth. <laughs> I mean, there is one. It is, I mean, I think, and this is kind of also, I'm, I'm kind of getting to this point in life where I think it's, it's, more beneficial to be in a relationship from a man's perspective with a woman if, if you're heterosexual, but to be in a relationship with a woman who's more aligned with your purpose than who just looks good and fits good and feels good. Because all that stuff comes and goes, man. That's, you know, again, for one, it's women and, you know, it's like the tide is going to be there sometimes. It's not all that kind of stuff. But if we're aligned purpose-wise, then we can work. We can we can walk down this path together, man. You know, even in the ups and downs, we can still go the same direction. I mean, you know, women and the heart are more directional. Men and the head are more destinational. I yep. might have just made up a word. <laughs> destinational. <laughs> and because of that alignment, when we are men and we're trying to overcome this passivity and we're having a conversation and we say what we mean and mm-hmm. we stand firm mm-hmm. like the rock of the mountain, um, if you guys are aligned at that time, it won't allow the relationship to crumble. Right. But if it does, then that relationship was never built on a strong enough foundation Absolutely. anyways. Absolutely. So then, you know what? Move on. There's always going to be another one. Right. Like, yeah. And, I mean, it's a scarcity mindset to think she's the only one that could have been, especially if she's not the one. Like, guy, whoever you are, you don't want a woman. You want the woman. There's a huge difference. You can find a woman, especially these days, man, there's bottom feeders everywhere. <laughs> I'm talking women. I'm talking they're bottom. F- and we as men need to raise the bar, man. We need to raise the bar for ourselves. And this is something that, you know, at, at the, the, uh, the, the singles panel discussion just here recently, something that was on my heart is us as men, not only do we need to raise the bar for ourselves, we need to raise the bar for women. Like we need to just say, you know what? I need more than just that. You know, you ain't just going to come here and, you know, do your tips and tricks and, and that's all I need. No, I need you to put in on this. I need some chips on the table. Like to when we begin to raise our bar, man, then we begin to see that, okay, again, bottom feeders don't turn us on anymore. Bottom feeders are slow. Crabs and shrimp. It don't take much to catch one of them. Man, if you want to catch a catfish, you just put your hand in a hole and they bite onto it. That's, I mean... <laughs> That, that's what I'm talking about, like bottom feeder types of women in our culture. Like we got to raise the bar such that we begin to say, OK, especially if you're a if you're a, a, a upright kind of, you know, about something good kind of dude, if you're doing your work, 
man, we are a commodity, man. I mean, you know, guys that, that have their head on right, once you get your poop in the group, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's like you can walk around like, dude, I, you know, I'm shaking my tail feather because I know I'm not going to settle for that. That's right. You guys, you got to come with something better than just, you know, a big button smile. You know, at some point it's like, yeah, my life is not just about tits and ass. I mean, I just posted not too long ago on on, uh, on Facebook that, you know, I, I think the, the I think the quote I put on there was um, um, being a real male is more than just chasing tail. Yeah, I saw that one for sure. I mean, and that's, you know, but how much of it I know I spent most of my life chasing tail. I, I don't speak for me. I ain't speaking for everybody else. I speak for me. Most of my life has been like, ooh, man, you know, I want to hit that. I want to hit that. You <laughs> and know? then what? And then what? And, and well, then, then why did you change? When did you change? Right. What did you change in your behavior that was no longer chasing tail? Dude, first of all, I, I had to recognize that my life was living on the bottom of everything. And again, to me, that was consuming artificial intimacy. That was consuming artificial intimacy in the form of pornography. For me, that became a relationship. And it became a relationship that was, that was nowhere, it, it was never possible to be fulfilling. It was always something that, that would leave me wanting more. I, would, I mean, it would create a sedentary lifestyle. I would spend five, six, seven, eight hours sitting in front of a screen at a time. That's not even healthy physically, mm-hmm. let alone mentally, spiritually, soulfully, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. <clears throat> and, and I didn't have the ability to have a relationship, all those kinds of things. It was hindering everything that I wanted to be. And I had to recognize that for myself. Like nobody else, you know, nobody else could, could, could tell me that. I had wives that, you know, at different times, you know, why can't you see what this is doing to, to me? Or girlfriends, same thing, you know. <clears throat> and, and they would tell me that it was cheating on them. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, I'm doing this, so I'm not cheating on you. And, and now, you know, being able to see that from the other perspective. But in any case, in my life, I realized that I was living a less than maximum. I cannot be a superior man living the way I was living, just consuming, just consuming, not producing, not creating, not any of that kind of stuff, just consuming. And then I got to the point where my baseline was objectification. So just knowing you, even though, you know, knowing you has nothing to do with sex, I would still be looking at how can I consume this opportunity? How can I consume this time? You know, I'm not looking to contribute anything. I'm just looking to take, I'm just looking to just get. And so just self-awareness, self-realization, and just, uh, is this who I want to be for the rest of my life? Is this everything that I could be, everything that I was created to be? Like, I, is this giving me a platform to, to demonstrate my gifts? No. Yeah. And so recognizing that and then doing whatever I had to do to get out of that. And, you know, of course, and then in my case, it, it, it took me to the point of, um, you know, of, of almost suicide. So, you know, can't get much worse than that. Um, so getting out of that and doing whatever it takes to get out of that opened the door to see and realize everything. It wasn't until I got my eyes off of screens that I actually realized that what life really looks like and how beautiful life can be, even in the trials and even in the tragedies, man, even in the pain, that life can be beautiful. Um, and then just and then just the awareness. And then, you, then you're able to be woke, to get woke. Like, you know, I couldn't even comprehend that, you know. For most of my life, for 30 years, man. I mean, from 9 to 39, like, if you do anything for 30 years, <laughs> I mean, you're either going to be really good at it or it's going to be killing you for 30 years. You know what I mean? And a 30-year career. Right, right. <laughs> you're not even getting paid back on that investment of time. Come on, man. Right? You had to uh, take a moment of elimination 
in order to gain so much more. I got something for you. I had to take an opportunity for elimination before I can realize illumination. Come on, man. Give me that. Boom. I'm That's telling true. you, man. That's real good. <laughs> I mean, and I had to, yes, I had to, I had to take away so that I can gain. And that, that was the way it manifested in my life. And then being able to see the benefits of that, being able to see the benefits of being present, being able to, to see the benefits of connection, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, being able to see just all those kinds of things like, man, this is, all of this was available to me on the other side. Like freedom is dope, man. I mean, br- the movie Braveheart was all about freedom and Braveheart was a love story. And, you know, underneath of it, it was all about him avenging the, the death of his wife. You know, but it was all about freedom, man. And William Wallace was willing to get his head chopped off for freedom. I mean, that's, I mean, that, is that, if that's not beautiful, then you don't have a pulse. There might be a moment in that movie where you see his ego take over mm-hmm. and the lesson is the death of his wife. Yes. So he's avenging both the, his, uh, his oh. deficiencies or his wrong choice to just go, all in full force. This is the difference between masculinity and leadership. Oh. He was uber masculine. He was arrogant. Mm-hmm. He was cocky. He was, I want the woman. And he, he picked her out of a crowd. He's like, I recognize you from my childhood. I have idealized you all of my life. Mm. You are somewhat of an object to me that I have to grasp and obtain and, con- oh. and actually possess. And then he goes into that first battle and he wins just pure ego and pure force and pure will Mm -hmm. to win that battle. And his consequence is losing the thing that he loved the most. Dude. So he's both avenging the death of his wife. That's what we see on the surface. But we're also seeing him avenge a huge masculine mistake. Dude, that is so dope, man. I'm for real. Like today is worth it. I mean, like I'm done for the day. I'm done. Like, if I go home right now and go to sleep till tomorrow, I'm done. I've had a full day. That, I'm, I, that is my movie, and I've never even... Man, that is... Layers upon layers upon layers, like an onion. Man. Like an onion. Mm-hmm. And once we're woken up to the possibility that we can strip away the outer layer of the onion, yeah. and we can actually withstand the, the tears and mm-hmm. the crying mm-hmm. that comes with peeling back the layer. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I've, I spent 17 years um, denouncing God and walking away from a relationship with God, but you know what? I can't outrun him. Mm -hmm. He's eventually going to come back and Mm -hmm. slap me in the face again and say, hey, I've been asking you Mm -hmm. to fulfill your life's purpose Mm -hmm. three times now. Mm -hmm. And every single time it was 10 years apart, I'm like, I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So I had to peel back those layers through counseling and through humility and through the deep, dark moments Mm -hmm. because out of rock bottom is the greatest life lesson that we learned. There's no greater motivator than rock bottom. Mm -mm. To just propel us forward towards that purpose and that mission and that, and then we receive our passion. Yeah. But it's not from the first layer of the onion. Mm-hmm. It's not from the second layer of the onion. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm an intense guy. I'm known as the challenger. I want to chop straight through that onion mm-hmm. from top to bottom and mm-hmm. peel apart two halves. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm still going to have to peel away the layers of the onion on both halves. Mm-hmm. Even though I've split it down to the core, mm-hmm. I have absolutely just cut a knife through my life, past life, future life, Mm -hmm. on both halves of that onion, and I still have to spend the time and the work it's gonna take to peel away the layers of the onion of my past life Mm -hmm. and to slowly peel away the layers of the onion of my new life. Mm -hmm. Wow, 
man, that's that's deep, man. I um, you know, I I got to the point where I figured out how to change my medication. In other words, stop doing porn, and then the method that I teach guys how to do that and all that kind of stuff. I feel I figured out a way to to change my medication, but I had not dealt with my wound for years until I went to I went to this weekend getaway kind of thing. The organization called Mark Men and. Um, and it was just that it was it was peeling back all the way to the core. And man, I've, I've addressed for the first time in my life a wound that existed since childhood. Like I went at it like I went medieval in that in that space, man. And even so much so that at some point I like blacked out in dealing with it. Um, but it, it took me down to the, to the core of the middle of that onion, man, and to peel back. And yeah, in terms of that rock bottom, man, rock bottom is foundation. And you can't build without foundation. Every high rise everywhere, they had to dig down and get to some bedrock. And then they had to pour some foundation and, de- and, deal, and, and deal with that. So, you know, you talk about that, even, even a God journey. I've had one of those, man, and realized that, wait a minute, I'm a Peter. Like, I'm a rock. You know, I, I'm a rock. And, and on this rock can be built something powerful. But I have to get down to that rock. You know what I'm saying? And we're afraid of that rock because we are afraid of what's lying underneath. We're afraid of what's in that closet. We're afraid of, of getting down to that core because it might be ugly. But that's okay. And especially if you're in a safe space with, again, back to other guys and all that kind of stuff. When you're in a safe space, like, man, it's okay. We're going to let you be angry. We're not going to let you go Tasmanian devil in this space. But we're going to let you go there, man. We're going to let you get go there. And then we're going to make it safe. And then we're going to help bring you back out. But getting to that rock bottom, man, getting to that, to the foundation of that, getting to the core of that onion, man, that's the sweetest, juiciest part of the onion, man. The outside are just flakes. It's not till you get to the outside, it's flakes. Ooh. But it's not the... <laughs> it does. It does flake. Once you slice... Yeah. I just cut an onion for breakfast, you yeah. know? So once you cut off where the root goes in, mm-hmm. and then it starts to flake from that one little first mm-hmm. slice, mm-hmm. and then you can start to peel back that outer shell which is the mask mm-hmm. and then you start to peel back mm-hmm. and get down to the thing that you can actually digest mm-hmm. yeah no doubt man i want to work through another analogy based on your foundation mm-hmm. and the building mm-hmm. and this relates to ego in my mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. so if a building is not built deep mm-hmm. and on a strong bedrock of foundation mm-hmm. it'll crumble right it'll mm-hmm. topple over at the first gust of wind mm-hmm. no matter how tall it is no matter how wide it is it will crumble. Mm-hmm. There's a good parable in the Bible about this, in mm-hmm. fact. Um, if it's built on sand or built mm-hmm. on rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we dig down deep, maybe three levels deep, mm-hmm. and we build this strong foundation of a, of a building that we're going to build, mm-hmm. the ego will want us to go to 75 stories tall. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably get denied by the city planner. Mm-hmm. Then we go to 50 stories tall. And it'll still get denied because... That's too egotistical. Mm-hmm. So the the height of the building has to relate to the foundation that you dig. Mm. So let's start different. Let's start building a strong foundation deep, and then let's go three stories tall. Mm-hmm. But we design this building and this foundation so that we can add a level every single time mm-hmm. that we are ready for it. Mm-hmm. So let's start three stories tall, and we accomplish. You know, we climb the stairs to the top of the third story. Then we add a fourth story mm-hmm. and progressively we get taller mm-hmm. while we don't um, do anything to negate the strength of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's that for an analogy? Man, I'm telling you what, man, that's this whole, that's the purpose of getting deep. If we're not getting deep, if we're not living deep, if we're not able or willing to, <clears throat> to go deep, 
then, you know, to your point, man, the, there's a direct relationship to our depth and our height. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, the, the guy, the guy that, 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 that adds all of the floors, levels above ground that didn't dig deep, he'll lose that at some point. His gifts will get him to a place where his character can't keep him. Ah, right. And so, you know, so he'll, I mean, and, and to your point, that is ego. Like, wow, look, look at me, right? Look at, look at this high rise I'm building, you know, check this out, check this out, check this out. And as soon as a storm comes through, as soon as the earthquake comes through, crumbles down. That, and, 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 and then we have to understand as guys, when you, the, all of that that you see above ground is great, but new levels bring new devils. And so when you want to add those floors, you better be prepared. And when you're ready to, to take this ride to the top, man, you better be prepared because, I mean, I, w- I can't imagine much worse than building to everything that you think you want or having everything that you think you want and not being able to keep it and losing it in some kind of way because of something stupid. Something stupid, man. I mean, some kind of harassment lawsuit or some kind of, you know, whatever. I mean, just because you got there, but you couldn't stay there. You couldn't stay there because you didn't prepare to get there. Because you didn't prepare to get there, you didn't do the engineering work that it took to, to, to be at the level that you want to be at. And so when life takes you to the point, man, when life takes you down, you have to be okay with that journey in anticipation of, okay, this is, this is taking me down so that I can be built up. But that, that's all part of the whole thing, man. But in our culture, man, we get probably more consumed quite often, I think, with everything that you can see above ground as opposed to everything that's below ground. <clears throat> but, you know, but that's backwards is even in the world of, of engineering, man. All those high rises in California over the past few weeks, you know, they'd have been crumbled, you know, they'd have, you know, just flopped over with the earthquakes um, you know, if they hadn't been engineered to withstand all that. So it's not even, even about the depth of the foundation, but even the engineering of the building. Yeah. What do we have? Highway 36 start to crumble because oh, it wasn't yep. engineered correctly mm-hmm. from the bottom up. From the bottom up, man. From yeah. the bottom up. Well, I know your time is valuable. I appreciate it so much. I want to end on a high note, but where does somebody begin working with you, start their journey with you? How is the best way that they can get a hold of you? Man, I went to public school, so I like to keep things pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Um, um, my website is kirkmsamuels.com, and you know my email link is on there. It goes straight to my phone. Guys are normally surprised when I get back to them pretty daggone quick. I was texting a guy. I was at a Rockies game yesterday, and you know some guy like texted me out of the blue, and I'm texting him right back, and he's like, whoa. You know, I'm like, hey, you available to talk tomorrow? And he's like, oh, you know, I got this and this going on, so I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, that way through website. I, my phone number, man, is is a great way to get a hold of me. 720-515-6536. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, again, I, I just I love that that journey. Um, I'm not motivated by the by the service things. I'm, I'm, I'm really driven by purpose. And uh, and man, I, I, I get it. I don't I, I'm not qualified because of a bunch of initials behind my name. I don't have a bunch of papers on the wall that says, here's why. You know, here, here's why I reach out to. I got, I got the, the, the heart and the passion and all that kind of stuff. And that's the thing that I love connecting with guys, man. It's about that. It's like I'm built for this, man. This is, this is my purpose, man. This is, this is why I beat 10 million sperm is to, is to, <laughs> is to talk to whoever that guy is, man. So anyhow, again, I hijacked the question. Um, the, the easiest way is KirkMSamuels.com, man. The website or your number. The website, absolutely, man. I'll be sure to put both of those in yeah. the show notes in the blog post below. Yeah, no doubt, man. 
And uh, if we didn't, if we touched on one thing that we didn't quite dive deep enough into, or if we didn't get to something today that you want to leave us with, what would it be? Man, you know, the, I mean, on one hand, us as men raising the bar, not only for ourselves, not only for the people around us, but for culture and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, man, you know, I, I, I'm just seeing a whole lot of, a, a whole lot of same thing in the areas of wounded boy, wounded boy within, wounded boy within, and also the wounded boy without. And to me, that wounded boy without is this next generation. So, so uh, you don't know it yet, but I'm already planning on reaching out to you at some point in the near future to do some next generation kind of stuff, man. Awesome. And so, uh, I'm telling you, man, it is. This is prime opportunity, man. This is, you know. If you pay attention to our culture and to media, this is not a good time to be a guy. We have a lot of bad PR out there and a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, not even a lot, but a few bad apples that have given a lot of us, you know, a stink. Uh, but, man, I think this is a prime opportunity, man, to, to invest low. Invest low, man, and, and you'll get your reward here in the, in the, in the, in the near future. And if there's, uh, if there's any women listening, you know, there's hope for your guy. But understand that your guy has a lot of wounds that he's probably not telling you about. Um, or he's probably not able to, to, to actually um, discuss or verbalize. And so, um, um, the, but there's even still hope for him. Uh, hope, hope for him, hope for, hope for you, hope for, hope for you all and all that kind of stuff. So, man, I'm just excited about the work. I'm excited to, to know guys like you, man. We've been... You know, we've been flying, holding patterns around the same airport. Now we, yeah, right. Now we finally landed. <laughs> we, we finally landed, man. And uh, and so, man, I, I'm just, uh, I'm so motivated and so excited, man, to just be part of the work, part of what I think is is happening. I don't like the word movement because to me that relates to bowels. Um, Not only that, but a movement will generally come to an end. Right, right. And I, I just, I don't, but I, I, I think there's a shifting I think there's a shifting that's happening with guys, with men, and and there's I see a lot of guys doing a lot of good work, man, and you're one of them. So thank you, man. I yeah, I, I respect you, man. I, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time. I'm like, dude, I need to know this guy. And when we finally saw each other, I was like, dude, come on, man, we gotta. You yeah. Know. I've been chasing you for yeah, a while now. I know, man, but that's all right. We, we got it. Like I said, we got our poop in the group, man. We, 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 we got it together. But any so, I, like I said, man, I thank you and I, I respect you everything that you're doing, man, and and. Uh, and you know you and I are going to do a lot of good work. I, Thank I you. Believe that I can see that, man. Yeah, surprise me with an invitation whenever. Oh, dude. I'm telling you, I, I'm already in the lab, man. I'm already in the lab doing some stuff, and I'm like, I got, I got my draft board up <laughs> on the wall. I'm like, yep, 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 uh-huh. yep. So, uh, so yeah, man. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming. So, I, so I got a feeling this definitely won't be our last documented conversation because we got there's a lot of work to be done yeah definitely man. not there's a lot of work but it's but it's a lot of good work man the, the harvest is plentiful <clears throat> the harvest is plentiful man so 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 we uh we got our work cut out for us thank you so, very much man no doubt no yeah doubt. what do you say in the next six to 12 months we jump back on and we Boom. we follow up and see where, where we're at Absolutely. or you know what uh let's do uh facebook live i'm down with that i'm down with that for sure man i'm down with that i I'm 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 good at those lately. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 do that, man. Let's let's do that. Well, good. Thanks again for your time. I really yeah. appreciate the conversation. I thought we were going to focus on porn the whole time, <coughs> um, but because of both of our growth, uh, we didn't. We actually got to the root of the cause yeah. and not the symptom. Right, and that's exactly what it is. Porn is a symptom, man. It's not the thing. If 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 guys struggle with porn, that's that's just the medication. Where there's medication, there's pain. And, and quite often that pain comes from a wound. 
And so if you go back to the source, you really don't end up talking about porn a lot. Because if you deal with the source, porn goes away. Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, man. Thank stuff. you so much. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I appreciate you.